Hi, this is Ananda, President of the Hare Krishna Community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. So, the topic is uh, something from Ramayana. Um, the moment when we hear about India, even as Indians or as people outside of India, the first thing that we hear about India is its spirituality and two greatest epics, Ramayana and Mahabharata. So, for many, many thousands of years, it has captured the imagination of people all around the world. Because it's a story of heroism, love, grief, and so many other human emotions. We are all humans, and we are all having emotions. And for it resonates very strongly with any person that comes into contact with the narrations of uh, events that is depicted in Ramayana. So I was thinking of uh, particularly focusing the spotlight on two special events and the lessons that we can learn from it. And I have to thank His Grace Chaitanya Charan Prabhu for his deep insights into those events which I have drawn from. And before getting to those two events, I would just like to give a small recap of where, how we came to those two events and what the personalities are doing in the in those two events so it will set a backdrop or give a quick overview of uh, how things unfolded so as we all know or, or many of us know um, Ramayana is the story of Lord Ram his brothers Lakshman Bharat Shatrugna his eternal wife Mother Sita and his eternal devotee, Hanuman. And there are many other personalities that come in the uh, great epic. So, King Dasharath was the, uh, the ruler of the kingdom of Ayodhya and he was blessed with four sons, Rama, Lakshmana, Bharata and Shatrugna. So, these four brothers grew up loving each other being good friends with each other and also being very obedient to their superiors and elders. And the time came when these four kids became adults and the king wanted to know the opinion of his ministers and also the opinion of his citizens whether Rama can be made king after him. So that was his greatest desire. 
and everybody every citizen in that kingdom loved rama like their own son and rama also had a equally loving relationship with each one of the citizens in the country so everybody was so happy that lord ram is going to be crowned the next king and the date has been set and everybody was eagerly awaiting the day when their beloved ram will become their beloved king but there was a twist to that story so there was uh, a maid servant called mantara dasrath had three queens kaushalya who happens to be the mother of lord ram then sumitra who happens to be the mother of lakshman and shatrughna and kaikeyi who is the mother of bharata kaikeyi loved ram more than her own son bharat she had no anxieties or fears in her relationship with ram and she was also jubilant and eagerly looking forward to ram being crowned the king so her maid servant mantara just before the day of coronation starts having a conversation with kaikeyi and typically the way it happens when people try to take advantage of us they try to play upon our insecurities and fears so she was like exploding about uh, the next day's coronation event and she was even uh, uh, giving her uh, uh, or venting out her outrage at kaikeyi that she is also enjoying that event and kaikeyi was responding that he is like my son he is more than my son so i don't have any problems oh you think like that but what happened what would happen if ram becomes the king so his mother would become the most influential person in the kingdom and you will be sidelined so when that opening was given mantara started going more and more deeper into her insecurities and finally convinced her that ram should not be crowned the king and she makes use of the boons that king dasharath gave to her many years ago and said my son bharat should become the king instead of ram and ram should go to forest and live like a mendicant for 14 years this completely breaks the heart of dasharath he pleads even if you want your son to become the king let him become but why are you banishing ram but she was relentless and she asks ram to be brought in front of king dasharath so that dasharath can convey his decision so lord ram comes and 
he hears the instruction from his father and he doesn't even flicker and say, okay, you have given the instruction, I will accept it, I will move. He doesn't even protest. And when that decision is taken by Ram, his wife, Sita, says, I don't have any purpose living in this palace without you, I will also accompany you. Ram says, the banishment is only for me, you, you, you don't need to suffer. But she says, no, wherever you are, I am happy, so I will come with you. And Lakshman cannot bear separation even for a moment from his beloved Ram, so he also decides to come with him. So the three of them make their way out of the kingdom of Ayodhya, and they reach a place called Chitrakut. So, and they are camping there. So these two events that we are going to see today are going to happen in and around that time frame. So when uh, they were in Chitrakut, they start hearing some noises and the noise seems to be like a huge army making its procession. So Ram asks Lakshman to get on top of a tree and see what's going on. So Lakshman climbs up and then he sees a huge army coming from Ayodhya and Bharat is at the front. Immediately he becomes very angry because he has been seeing his beloved Ram living a very austere life in the forest whereas he should have been the rightful king enjoying the opulences of the kingdom. So when he saw this, his anger intensifies. So just like breathing anger out, he climbs down and informs Ram that Bharat is coming with a big army. He seems to be in partnership with his mother. He just doesn't want to rule the kingdom for 14 years. Maybe he wants to kill you and rule it forever. So that's why he's coming with a big army. Lord Ram is not disturbed. He asks, don't you know that Bharat loves me in the same way that you do? I do not see any difference between the love you have for me and that Bharat has for me. Even after he says that, Lakshman's anger doesn't get pacified. So, Ram takes the next step and slightly rebukes him. He says, Why are you so angry with Bharat? Did he offend you in some way? If so, he is your brother, Please forgive him. Still, Lakshman's anger has not reduced even a bit. And then Ram says, Maybe you find living with me in this forest with in an austere environment to be irritable to you. So if that is the case, I will ask Bharat to trade places with you. You can go and live a, a life of opulence in Ayodhya and he will be so happy to stay here in this austere environment with me. 
So hearing that strong rebuke from Ram, Lakshman feels embarrassed and keeps quiet. So then the army reaches this part where Ram, Lakshman and Sita are there and uh, Bharat comes and falls at the feet of Ram and starts crying. With, with tears in his eyes he pleads, please come back and take the kingdom that is rightfully yours. I do not want to rule this kingdom. It was a, a stupid mistake made by my mom and that has resulted in lots of pain for everybody and it has resulted in the death of our father also. I do not want to rule this kingdom, it's rightfully yours. Ram says, no, my father has given me an instruction, I said I will fulfill it, now I have to fulfill it and live it the next 14 years. So after so much pleading and begging, Ram is not relenting. So Bharat says, give me your footwear. I will take the footwear and keep it on the throne and I will rule the kingdom on your behalf for the next 14 years. So he carries the footwear of Lord Ram on his head and returns back with a very heavy heart back to his kingdom. So Lakshman is watching all these things and then he becomes even more embarrassed. And then he oh, starts asking a question to Ram. Why am I so short-tempered? That's the question he asks Ram. So the response that Ram gives is very beautiful. So Ram replies, because you are an emotional person. Lakshman is perplexed. Are emotions undesirable? He asks. And again Ram gives a very insightful answer to that question of Lakshman. He says, no, not all. Emotions are the ornaments of life, he says. And then he says, we need to choose the emotions that bring out our higher side and not our lower side. Very nice, thoughtful instruction. We need to choose the emotions that bring out our higher side and not our lower side. Then Lakshman understood. Okay, this is what my beloved Ram asked me to do every single time. Because we all go through situations like that and our emotions come out very strongly sometimes. And sometimes we might think that emotions are not right and we might try to suppress even those emotions. But here, Ram is clearly saying emotions are fine, but what kind of emotions we want to align with matters. So this is even number one and the lesson that contained in that. And the even number two happens just before Bharat and Shatrugan leave Ayodhya to come and meet with Ram. So both Bharat and Shatrugan have completed the funeral rites of their father and they are making their way back to the palace. Um, since Bharat is the, uh, the 
temporary ruler of the kingdom there are some administrative officials that want to consult with him about some details of administration so shatrugan is walking ahead of uh, bharat so when he gets closer to the palace he sees mantara she is dressed very opulently and with all the jewels and everything which has been gifted to her by kaikeyi for giving such a wonderful advice for making bharat the king the moment shatrugan sees that his anger comes out because of this crooked person our father died and our beloved ram was banished to the forest so he runs to catch her and basically to kill her <laughs> so mantara sees that and she immediately understands the purpose with which shatrugan is coming towards her so she tries hiding and going into the palace of kaike the doorkeeper who is standing there stops her with like he and every citizen in that city of ayodhya is feeling that same pain that ram has been banished and he cannot be the king so he captures her grabs her and then hands her over to shatrugna and shatrugna is like furious and she mantra starts crying out for help and kaikeyi hears it and she comes running out and say shatrugan stop but he is not ready to listen and then kaikeyi looks around and then sees if anybody can help her and she sees her son bharat coming so she appeals to him oh bharat please stop shatrugan from killing mantara bharat doesn't respond to her or even look at her but addresses shatrugan the way he says those statements is very profound so i will read that stop oh brother i too have felt the strong impulse to do what you are doing and not only to mantara but to my mother also i restrained that impulse by remembering that giving into it will displease the very person whom we want to please in this case it's ram if we hurt mother or mantara ram will surely be disappointed with us so here bharat is clearly recognizing his emotions and acknowledging it and then say i will not act on that lower emotion because it is very displeasing to the person whom i am trying to please every moment with my activities so because of that let's leave these two wretched creatures and not harm them because it will be very disappointing to ram when he comes to hear that we did such a thing to them so just to please ram we will not proceed with this action even though the emotions were strongly dictating that they go ahead and finish these two off because they were in so much hurt and pain because of what these two did 
So the main principle that we can learn from this event is a lower emotion can be countered by holding on to the higher emotion of love. So in this case, Bharat was remaining Shatrugan and Shatrugan understood the principle and he also let them go that they love Ram. Everything they do, they want to do for pleasing Ram. So if it's not pleasing to Ram, they are ready to let go of that action. Even if the emotions are very strong and pushing them to do it, so they were not ready to do something that is very unpleasant and displeasing to Ram. Okay. So now this is where those of you who are present here today have some task to do. So I would like to request you to form into small groups and then discuss this point of countering the lower emotions and cultivating a higher emotion. How that can be achieved? And I would like to spend some time with some of you who can share your thoughts and then we can go ahead and I can summarize the uh, some of the approaches. Ready? We would all like to hear what each group has come up with. Hare Krishna. So, to control the emotions, the immediate thing we should do is you shouldn't react immediately to whatever the situation you face. And then you got to think is some of the thing you can do is you can do take a deep breath and think how you are going to react to the situation. Whether it's going to be in the writer's path, which will like please Krishna, whatever you are going to do, like uh, reacting to the situation. The basic thing, what you got to think is, you should make sure you shouldn't hurt, whether by words or by uh, physical means. So if, if that forms the basic principle, then I think Ahimsa Paramo Dharma, right? Like that is the basic principle of Vaishnavism. So if you follow that, then you will not be reacting to the emotions immediately. Okay. So you are talking about not reacting immediately to those emotions that come up within us. Okay. Next. Try to control the emotions. I'll give some pass. Think. Okay. It's difficult to do, but yeah, yeah. it's so, an option. Okay. So, any other group wants to share? So, our group talked about um, first identifying the emotion. I think sometimes when there's uh, something happens, you don't always, there's so many different emotions moving around in mm -hmm. you that's very important to acknowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, she mentioned specifically that she prays to Krishna um, when she's trying to figure out kind of a way forward. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing I think is having an action plan help. So, you know, sometimes you can pause, but, you know, for example, I think of kids on a playground, I have young children. Um, and so someone kicking my child may come up or someone pushing my child may come up. And so you do, I do kind of script my kids 
to have an action plan because I think in that, um, when you can anticipate that certain things are going to happen, ha going in with an action plan of what to do if someone does that to you, what do you say, how do you stand up for yourself, when do you seek other people's help. So I feel like when you are experiencing, you know, upset, especially for, you know, when someone does something to you that you perceive to be wrong, having an action plan, because there are lots of things sometimes we can anticipate, you know, for adults and maybe with driving, right, we can anticipate sometimes having issues on the road. For kids, it's a lot of playground issues. So, um, so I, I do feel like having some kind of action plan um, helps in situations where there's some predictability about it. Okay, so you mentioned two things. First thing that you mentioned was recognizing the emotion and the second thing was coming out with the action plan on how you can deal with some something like that when those emotions come up. Because in this example, Bharat did that same thing recognizing the emotion. He did not say, oh, I, I don't feel anything. He, he honestly admitted and recognized those emotions. That I also feel the same towards these two wretched creatures. But I am not going to allow my actions to be dictated by those emotions because it is displeasing to Ram. I love him so much. I want to please him with all my th actions. And this action is not going to be pleasing to him, rather it's going to be displeasing to him. I will not yield to it, even though I feel like choking their lives out of them. Right? So he recognized the emotion. Thank you. You go first? Yeah. Okay. Hare Krishna. So we have three points actually. Uh, I think two points are kind of related to each other. The uh, first point is, uh, you know, you have to deflect the situation immediately. You have to not react to the situation. Okay. Uh, if That's possible. what yeah, they mentioned. Yes, yes. Keep quiet or move away from the particular location, go to some other location, or think about it, what happened exactly. So that could be the first, uh, first response. The second is, uh, you know, building your own consciousness, as you just mentioned, basically, that uh, what, uh, what higher purpose is there behind our actions, you know, pleasing Lord Krishna, pleasing Lord Ram, uh, what actions will be important for, uh, for, for us to show for them. Uh, so basically building our own consciousness in such a way on a daily basis uh, so that we do not react to the situation. So we always react in such a way that it's always pleasing to Lord Krishna. So that is the second point. And that, that can be helped by uh, if we do chanting, if we chant uh, on a regular basis with a much purpose behind the chanting. Uh, chanting can always help you to build your consciousness to, to go to that level. Why is it so? Why is chanting so powerful? As you described, that chanting can help us to go to that higher level. How is it? Because, uh, I'm saying, obviously the chanting has to be quality chanting. Uh, and at that point in time, when you're, when you're chanting, you are always uh, remembering Krishna. And, and you, you are always trying to uh, have that consciousness, basically, while chanting. Mm -hmm. So that is a practice. So that is a practice that uh, you are doing on a daily basis, on a regular, you are, you are doing it regularly so that your consciousness becomes better and better. But if you have any other expression... No, we will we'll talk about that when we have heard from others. Okay. There was that Mataji there in the back. Hare Krishna. Mine is just value of time and think positive. Okay. 
can you elaborate on it a little more value time and think positively you know i can speak in english too much i can explain you in hindi if you want <laughs> Yeah, somebody is, you can explain in Hindi and somebody can translate it to English for me, I would appreciate that. Okay. Uh, my saying is that the value of time means you should see what our time is. And positive means we always have to think positive. Dusra other things we can do, but we have to think that we have to think positive. We have to think that we have to think Okay, now the time comes for translation and subtitles. <laughs> so, who wants to volunteer to translate what she said? Nobody knows Hindi here? So, she's saying that uh, we have to uh, just recognize how much time I have and how do I want to use it. Okay. So, va value time and use it properly. properly. And the second is that uh, keep positive. Um, so keep positive thoughts and always keep the positive thoughts in your heart and then you know that will help you deal with the situation. Thank you Mother. Okay. The, the friend group here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, here, right here. Oh. Thank you, Krishna. Hare Krishna Prabhu. We came some points uh, that would help us to not uh, give in to our lower emotions. First thing, as Prabhu mentioned, was chanting. If you do proper chanting, uh, it would also help on uh, contemplating about the issue so that you know the bigger goal instead of uh, giving it to the lower emotions. Also knowing in life your main goal, which is to save your soul, not your ego. So if you recognize that, uh, you don't uh, give in to lower emotions. The second point we have is following the instructions of the spiritual master. Mm -hmm. So sometimes uh, you, you cannot control them, but if you actually listen to your spiritual master, uh, you'll be able to better handle uh, the emotions in life. Third one is uh, um, have goals and also work uh, with a determined mind and enthusiastic. Same thing they said. Yeah, so one of the points. And also when you read, read such a way that... Uh, you want to preach to others so that you actually put effort to understand the things better. So that's one of the things mentioned. And also the last point is uh, service. If you engage yourself in service, uh, you get more... Ah. So, so you get more peace and also you can better handle your emotions. Okay, thank you. So since we have reached the uh, 150 mark and we have only 10 minutes, I will not ask for the feed, uh, the uh, sharings from the other groups that I have not shared. So, please forgive me for that. So, let me try to summarize the thoughts that have been shared and put it into a proper perspective so that hopefully it becomes a easier plan of action for us to put it into practice every single day in our life. So, for that I would like to quote a text from Bhagavad Gita. Chapter 15, text 7. The living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental parts. Due to conditioned life, they are struggling very hard with the six senses, which includes the mind. So the five senses and the mind, totally six senses, all of us 
are struggling with it at some point of time. So that's the statement being made by the Supreme Lord in chapter 15, text 7 of Bhagavad Gita. Okay, why is this statement important? Because we were trying to tackle on how we can curb our lower emotions and hook up with our higher emotions. Um, we cannot activate our spiritual side without connecting with the Supreme Lord. Who we are actually is, we are spirit souls and we are eternally a part of the Supreme Lord. So devotional service is the one that activates that switch for us. And when we do that, then we come into contact with the Supreme Pure. When we are associating with the modes of material nature in this world, it is made up of three modes. Mode of goodness, mode of passion, mode of ignorance. Out of these three modes, mode of passion and mode of ignorance is detrimental. So we are generally encouraged to be at least come to the mode of goodness, but preferably to transcend these three modes. So for that to happen, we have to engage in Bhakti Yoga because it puts us in direct connection with the Supreme Pure. So if we want to curb our lower emotions and we want to activate the higher emotions, we have to associate with somebody that is pure in nature. Supreme Pure is the Supreme Lord. So only He can purify us. So one of the uh, sharing was about chanting the holy names of God. How does it purify us? Because they mentioned like it elevates our consciousness, purifies our consciousness. Because we are chanting the holy names of God, we are coming into contact with the Supreme Pure. In that way, our consciousness is slowly getting purified. So Prabhupada, gives a beautiful example for that. A iron rod. When you touch the iron rod, how, what do you feel? When it's a normal iron rod, when you touch it, how does it feel? It's cold or it's at room temperature. When you put that same iron rod in fire, and after a few minutes, when you touch it, what happens? Why? This was just an iron rod, right? How come it is now burning when we touch it? Association. By association with the fire. The more it associates with the fire, it starts acquiring more of the qualities of the fire. The fire burns. Anybody that touches the fire, they can attest to it that it really burns. And now this iron rod which was very passive and very innocent so far, now when it has come into contact with the fire, what happened? It has acquired the quality of the fire to burn. So similarly, when we come into contact with the Supreme Pure, what happens? It starts rubbing off on us. 
So that is one of the reasons why the chanting of the holy name is so powerful. And through that agency, the Supreme Lord is trying to purify our consciousness and try to make it easy for us to elevate our consciousness to a higher level. And His Holiness Radhanath Swami Maharaj talks about another example. He talks in terms of a good dog and a bad dog within each of us. So the question that he asks is, which of the dog you think will be more stronger? The one you feared. The more we feed the bad dog, the stronger it will become. But the more we feed the good dog, the stronger it will become. Right? So, that is the goal, but how to achieve that goal is in recognizing that we are spirit souls and we are eternally a part and parcel of the Supreme Lord and the quality, one of the quality of the Supreme Lord as given in Upanishad, Isha Upanishad says, He is supremely pure. No sins can touch Him. It says, Shukram Apapavidham is the technical word used in the Upanishad itself when it describes the qualities and potencies of the Supreme Lord. He is supremely pure. So that's why it is so important for us to come in contact with that Supreme Pure, just like the iron rod coming in contact with the fire. So what is the medium by which we can contact the Supreme Lord? So if I want to contact any one of you, I need to have a phone and I need to know your phone number and then wherever you are, I dial the number and you pick it up, we talk with each other. So bhakti is like that tool. We might be anywhere and the Supreme Lord might be present somewhere else, but the moment we pick up the tool and activate it, we are in constant touch with Him. And when we are in constant touch with the Supreme Pure, what happens? It rubs off on us. So that is the potency of bhakti and that is the potency of chanting the holy names of God. Even the very author of Ramayana, Valmiki, who was he before? He became a saint. He was a bandit. And Narada Muni asked him to sit down in one place and asked him to chant the names of Rama and he couldn't even chant the name of Rama properly. But he was chanting Mara, 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 Mara and then it slowly became Rama, Rama, Rama. And then after he chanted like that for quite a good number of uh, period of time, his consciousness got elevated to a higher level and then he says, what the heck was I doing before? So he gave up everything and he dedicated the rest of his life in devotional service to the Supreme Lord and he took upon that biggest task of writing the wonderful activities and pastimes of Lord Ram and his associates and devotees. That's how we get have Ramayana. So the potency of 
the purifying potency of the holy names of the Supreme Lord is because the Supreme Lord himself is pure. So now it's close to two. So I have to wrap up here. Thank you all very much. Hare Krishna.